This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Okay, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Depends on how you know what I was thinking, you see, right? To start it off, because who knows what time people download it. Beautiful, aren't it? All bases covered. Welcome to another <laughs> Welcome to another 24 hour accessible poetry in motion with me, Neil Fitzmorris. How are we people? For all you listening abroad uh, and overseas and everyone who just listens to the podcast anyway, once again, thank you. Lots of gratitude. Appreciate it. Appreciate you back up uh, for all of our podcasts. I'm joined, as usual, by two experts in the field. Because let's face it, I'm just a scarecrow in the field compared to these two. On my left-hand side, my oppo, my, my right arm, my left foot, my built-up shoe. It is Joe Rimmer. How are you, Joe? I'm good, thanks. Good lads. You built up shoe. Yeah, I see the... Well, I don't know, it just flows. You know, it just flows, kid. I never really police what I'm going to say, which is why I get into all kinds of trouble. I never know what to expect. I see the beard's gone, kid, and it's gone into sort of like a little... You've got it heavier, it's like a... Just to explain to people, because obviously... It's just gone down, hasn't it? It's just gone down, fell off. Did you sneeze particularly hard one morning? He's looking very baby-faced, is what I'm trying to say, people. Looking very good. And on my right-hand side, it's another debut, isn't it? Yeah, this is a debut. Poetry emotion debut. It's another poetry emotion for Connor Dunn. How are you, Connor? I'm very well, thank you. Know how are he's you? He's a very handsome young man, isn't he? He's very. He's what the best dressed man, though. He's the, the best dressed man. He's young. He's, I'm just going to. I'm giving the impression to people you see, Connor, because who knows where they're listening to this on the toilet? Absolutely. You know, on an airplane, <laughs> on a train, doesn't matter. I'm giving him a little bit of eye candy here. Connor is a bit of a dude, isn't he? He is a bit of a dude. He's from the Isle of Sheppey. He's from the Isle of Sheppey. You're probably the Isle of Sheppey's biggest export, I'd imagine. Mm, one of one of two. One of two. What's the other one? <laughs> Plays football. Right. <laughs> Plays football. Plays football. Who yeah. Connor Resson. He's um gone up and down a couple of the leagues. He used to play for Jamie Um. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, my money's on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, lots of swoon in the office when Connor walks past anyway. Yeah. Uh, welcome to uh, the Poetry Motion, as I said before. Uh, all uh, the last couple of weeks I've been filming. I've been filming a show called Clink, which starts on Channel 5. Uh, in April we only just finished it and it starts in April and I must say must it's next take, month it's a quick it edit next it. month yeah. it's the quickest editing process I've ever known it's like two weeks away that's ridiculous uh, so they're doing I think they're, I think they're sort of supplying two episodes at a time yeah. so it's just going to be in front of the city you know yeah. what I mean uh, it looks good it looks very interesting we're set in a women's prison very strong female cast writers and uh, directors and stuff so brilliant good to be a part of it I need to do a little cameo come in but one of my mates is listening to this who uh, is an actor who's in it he's in it all the way through and uh, he's a great actor. You might remember him as Eddie Banks in Brookside many, many years ago. He's called Paul Broughton, uh, a.k.a. Bungie. Um, and I hadn't seen him for a long time, and I saw him on the set, and we, and we got chatting, and he mentioned that he loves Blood Red. He oh, lives down in Lincolnshire, or Leicestershire, one of the two. And he's walking his dog, Charlie, as, he, as he's listening to this now, he'll be walking his dog across the fields, and he loves Blood Red. He loves them all, Alain um, uh, Rouge, um, all, 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 the, all the podcasts. So I said I'd give him a mention. So, Paul, if you're listening, and Charlie's there with you as well. Hello, pal. Thank you for tuning in once again. And it was an absolute pleasure to work with you again, and great to see you. Absolute gentleman. Loves gymnastics. That's all I'm going to say. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the Mighty Reds. Let's talk about the Mighty Reds, the, uh, the, the trifactor of games we've just had. We went from Burnley to Bayern and then to Fulham. Uh, your thoughts on the three, I mean, you know, three wins, can't complain. Uh, particularly the middle one was, was quite a decent one. Um, great to get Burnley out the way. Obviously, tough side either way and yeah, they're fighting, yeah. they're scrambling. Yeah. Every game down the bottom is going to be people scrambling now. Um, so the Burnley game, great. Bayern Munich, though, mate. What did you? Where were you watching Bayern Munich? How did you feel about it? I was in this office. You were I was in this office. office. Were you yeah. doing the updates? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what? I, I was chatting to uh, Neil Jones um, yeah, about, about the game. 
the other day, and we, I was I just got this feeling that people don't people still aren't giving Liverpool enough credit for that victory. Uh, it was it's almost been dismissed. Oh, Bayern aren't the side they were. They won both games that they had in, in the Bundesliga six 0 either yeah. side of the game. They're still a very good side. They they they're leading the Bundesliga, and, and there was a lot made of Dortmund before they played Tottenham. But Bayern are back in the lead now. So look, I, I think it, to go out there and beat them in their own backyard the way Liverpool did shows such a maturity and I think it's very, very impressive. I thought thought they were very good throughout the game. I know Bayern came back into it and got the equaliser, but Liverpool always felt in control and in the second half they really, really did turn it on. So um it was a massive result. And the other two was just about getting through, getting three points and that's what they've done. Um the Fulham one especially felt quite big because when when you're not playing particularly well Fulham come back into it and I, I had that feeling it's going to finish 1-1 this, yeah. and then they went out and got the winner so you, you need those sorts of results and Man City have been watching that thinking ah, you know what yeah a scruffy win is yeah, a win, isn't it? Yeah, Never, yeah. Nevertheless, Connor, we'll just get, but we'll we'll talk about the Fulham game. Let's just talk about a bit more about Bayern for for no other particular reason than what you've just said. It's been overlooked. I think. I think the I think the uh, the the achievement was overlooked. Uh, first half, first half was scrappy. You could feel the nerves, couldn't you? It was almost like one was golden, the other. You know, it was it, it was sort of a, a it was sort of a a, a competition of of, st- of of tactics, wasn't it? You move forward, we'll try and counter. The goal by Sadio Mane, though. Oh my goodness, God! Uh, it's it's been all it's it's all over the, it's all over social media, obviously as it is. But the three touches, just the first touch to bring that out the sky it's, from it's Van Dijk, outrageous! It's just, isn't it? That first it's, touch is outrageous. It's incredible. That second turn, though, when I put on Twitter, he sent he sent Neuer down the shop for a a, a pint of steady um, yeah, twenty Bensons and a cream egg. <laughs> it was just it was just where are you going? It was three players he took out the game and the chip just sublime, wasn't it, Connie? Yeah, well, he's clearly just a man in absolute form at the moment, isn't he? He's in a complete hot streak and I think that just completely epitomised how he's playing and the role he's taking on for Liverpool at the moment because he is Liverpool's talisman and he has got Liverpool for what has been quite a difficult period. But yeah, as you say, that first goal was just absolutely outrageous. I mean, the ball from Van Dijk was good, but for him to drift out to the left, give himself a little bit more space, take the touch inside, send Neuer around and then chip it over the top of them all, it was just... It was three moves. It was yeah. three touches of absolute It was genius, class, wasn't, wasn't it? it? It was genius. Proper, properly, properly. Properly good goal. And I think, to be honest, just looking at the Bayern game as a whole, obviously you've got the first half, a little bit scrappy, great goal from Sadio. Obviously Bayern came back into it, but there were players in that game that I thought really stepped up. And one of those is Joel Matip. And, you know, he's been overlooked a little bit, like like the Bayern, like the Bayern game has just because of the focus on the Premier League. But I think Joel Matip in that game was absolutely superb. I know obviously he scored Bayern's goal, but that was just an unfortunate yeah, touch. There was yeah. no way around that. Yeah. Nothing in it. But, you know, he has obviously come in and done a wonderful job and against the likes of Lewandowski, he still had, he had to deal with him a lot in that game yeah. and he's a top-class striker. He's still the top scorer in the Champions League at the moment, top scorer in the Bundesliga and he, you know, he's dealing with that and he's you know, Liverpool's fourth-choice centre-back essentially and I thought, he's doing, I thought he did really, really well. i tell you what's been really impressing me about Matip is his surge and runs forward. He's been doing... He's <laughs> he been makes going. me nervous. Yeah, it does yeah. make me nervous because he always seems to, he seems to get to a point where he goes, oh my God, I didn't realise it was far up. Yeah, he did but, do one of those against Bayern though and he won the ball back, didn't he? Really yeah, quickly. he did, yeah, yeah, he did yeah. run the ball back, which is great, but I, I like to see a centre forward moving forward. Van Dijk very rarely does that anyway because he's just, you know, he's covering the other 70% of the pitch. But um, I think it's great to see to see him having the confidence to do that. I, I'm, I'm more concerned about his, his defensive issues and I think in the past he, he's, oh, yeah, been he's, a defender, bit, yeah. he's been a little bit passive and now he seems a bit more confident, a bit more aggressive and he's sort of grown into it and 
look, you know, I, I think it all comes down to the man next to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's he done it with three players now, exactly, hasn't he? Yes, yeah. exactly. I think, I think you could put you could put me next to him and I think yeah. I'll have a better go than most others because it's just, it's mad. It's, he just it's brings the calm best and influence, out, out of everyone. And um, he's the leader and Matip follows and he's followed really well. And I think Connor's right. He's been overlooked a bit and, um, you know, I don't, I don't see Joe Gomez is going to come back after the international break. Dejan Lovren I think they're in back. for a fight, aren't they? But they're in for a fight. How yeah. you can't well, Which really is afford. exactly what you want exactly. yeah, at this you, stage in the season. You can't afford to just throw one of them back in because, no. because Matip's playing well. So it, I think it'll be an easing in bonus. I think he'll, I think he's going to try and edge Gomez, Gomez in quicker than so. anyone else. I think he might come in at right back, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it speaks volumes about how well Matip's been playing that both of those players will be looking at that thinking that they've got a fight in their hands the only thing I would say about Joe Matip that I, if I was the manager I'd be getting him to do about staying after school to do would be headers from corners oh, yeah. he's the oh. worst I mean he's nine foot six he's the worst header of a ball I've ever seen him his he, timing is terrible he's, he's, he's a 50p, 50p head, head isn't he yeah. 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 I mean it's, he sort of glances them all the time he's like, he doesn't yeah. glance yeah. them thump them in Van Dijk's goal in, against Bayern being a perfect example run in possess that box and thump that thing in the net yeah, so no yeah. one can do anything about it uh, back to Mane, I, I just want to say on Mane that there's there are games and goals and performances that I think like catapult players into like European stardom, and I, and I think that could have been one for Mane. The way he took that goal made have, would have made Europe sit, sit up and take. Well, it's about yeah. sound bites, isn't it? Yeah, it's about it's, uh, football. Anything social media and anything now that's that's globally transferred around the world is about five or six second sound bites yeah, and the it, highlight reel. And I think that yeah. is possibly the greatest. One of the greatest goals I've ever seen for three touches. I mean, there are, there are a few players in the world that could pull that off. Yeah. And I'm reminded of the Messi bringing it down off his leg and into the for the in the World Cup. But if you look at them three touches, they're just incredible. And I think you're right, yeah. propelling him onto a world stage. Because he's he's probably of the three, the one that's caught the eye the least. I think that's fair yeah, to say. Sal- yeah. Salah with all the goals last year. Firmino with with his work rate and scoring a lot of goals last year. Mane. Always seems to be the third of the three mentioned, yeah. and, and he's really come to the fore recently. And I think that goal will have made European clubs sit up and take notice of what a player he is. Yeah, for sure. Just, I mean, if, if you look at like maybe we may have overlooked it, but certainly clubs around Europe looking at Liverpool, who they're going to play next, they'd be looking at that like crikey. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they did. I mean, I, I, I mean, I think there was a lovely bit of footage floating around not long ago. It's one of the things that you put on on WhatsApp and you watch it. And it makes you proud. It makes. It, it makes the hairs in the back of your neck stand mm-hmm. up whenever you hear someone extolling the virtues of Liverpool. It's your club, yeah. it's, your, it's your baby, yeah. isn't it? And there's a great piece that I think you've seen. It's the Spanish reporter outside saying no one in Spanish football wants to meet Liverpool. Yeah. And when you see that kind of finish, that can be done against any club in the world. There's not a defence or a goalkeeper yeah, who can do anything about that kind of touch. And that's what... And I'd also like to back up with Mane as well, because I know at the start of the season we had our little productions and I know that... Uh, Dan Kay sitting pretty because he. Well, I think. I think. Sammy is ever you ever mentioned the word Dan Kay and pretty in a sentence, but um, he's been like this all season. This isn't just the current snatch of form, is it? This is Mane has been carrying the can for most of this season, has he not? Because Salah has been misfired. I know he's. I know he has been scoring goals, but it, this hasn't just been a couple of weeks. This has been a few good few months, hasn't it? That, that Salah, that Mane has been has been moving the team forward. Yeah, I think we mentioned earlier in the season. To be honest, that Mane did it again um, when Salah, you know, had a bit of a slow start. Mane was the person who you know was bringing Liverpool through. I think Salah had a bit of a golden patch where he scored quite a few of his goals, but I think Mane's definitely been the most consistent and without doubt the most potent attacker that Liverpool have possessed. So, do you know the most frustrating part is the great thing for Liverpool is they've got those three guys who. If one's not quite on it, another mm-hmm. one steps up. 
I'd like to see them all do it step together. Because yeah, like, yeah. imagine, imagine that, like, I mean, they did it a few times last season, but this season, I don't think there's been any game where all three of them no, have really been, right. been flying. So I think... If, and I think last season, click, that's Sposh, that Swashbuckland, that Swashbuckland football we played last season was when they all yeah, three were firing. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? And, and it makes you wonder whether or not that has any kind of correlation with the fact that they were all up because there was a time yeah, last yeah. season when it went when when Klopp openly said these need to get back and start covering. Yeah. So whether or not the emphasis has now Just been game on change a little bit, yeah. pull this back, make sure you've got one eye on getting back rather than getting forward, and it's almost. It's almost shackled them a little bit. Yeah, I wonder in the Champions League if he'll just unleash them a little bit more because you know with Porto, Porto to come, yeah. they they ruined Porto last season, exactly. didn't they? Right, and, and you just wonder whether in the league, okay, I can understand perhaps being a little bit more conservative, getting through a few games. Whereas in, in the Champions League, it's a little bit different, isn't it? And I think you can blow teams away, and Liverpool can beat a team in ten minutes. And I just wonder whether in the Champions League against the likes of Porto, he'll say going. And I th- and I think there will be Connor. I think there will be that that mindset with the European football as well, like the second half Bayern Munich, where you could see Bayern were absolutely terrified of that front three. You could see that it it it, it seeped its way into all of their play because they were sort of didn't know whether it's coming coming or going. They were they were sat so deep, didn't they? They sat really deep. They were terrified of giving them room, and mm. it backfired massively. But that was a team that stopped playing football because of that, did you know? Yeah, well, certainly. Like, even Lewandowski came out afterwards, which speaks volumes when the players have a go at their own manager for getting the wrong tactics and yeah. the players not getting forward enough. He was just because, isolated all night. Yeah, he no he chance had absolutely it, nothing because everyone behind him was behind the yeah. ball, essentially, because Liv had so much space down the left and right. Like, Robertson had a lot of space and everything else. And, you know, that just gave the front three a lot more time to move. And, you know, when... Players are standing off them. You've seen what happens so many times. And, you know, when you put three goals past the likes of Bayern Munich and Neuer in goal, it's pretty serious. I mean, if you, you could argue that it was a, it was a much more controlled um, and confident display at Anfield from Bayern, wasn't it? Because they were knocking the ball around the back a lot. Yeah. We weren't diving in much. We had a few chances, but not really. It was frustrating for us. It was a better performance away from home than their own home performance off the back of two 6-0 victories. 0-0 is a tough tough result, though, yeah. isn't it, in the Champions League? Because they didn't know where to stick or twist. And then once Liverpool got a goal... They, were they, they panicked, then. and yeah. I think the second half they they just Liverpool then took control. But yeah, I think they they didn't they didn't they couldn't quite make their minds up at the start whether to to sit back a little yeah. bit and try and hit Liverpool on the counter or or take the game to them, and it, it ended up playing into Liverpool's hands. Well, it worked out perfectly, and the and the reward for that was uh, was uh, well, you know, you, you couldn't have really picked Ajax and Porto. What I think were the two ones, Ajax yeah, have looked dangerous. There's no doubt yeah. about that. But I think we've got the dream draw there, did we not? I think we did indeed, to be honest. I think, as we were saying, the last season when you take on Porto and beat them 5-0, those front three must be licking their lips at the chance to go and relish that gain. Um, I think when you looked at Ajax playing Real Madrid, you've obviously got a little bit about them. A lot has been said about that De Ligt next to Van Dijk. Holland looked really solid yeah. at the back yeah, with them incredible. both. So I think all Donald Trump would be proud of that. Yeah, it? wouldn't he just? So, yeah, I think if you were to pick any and you if you had to pick between the two, I think you probably would pick Porto and it definitely is the dream draw for Liverpool. So Well, I was watching the draw. We were on set actually watching the draw and I went, Porto, get in. And then City Tottenham, I'm like, City, get all the easy draws. Yeah. <laughs> Which they do. But, um, but still, we can't complain with that, can we not? I mean, even oh. Tottenham, you'd rather you'd rather have... You know, there is a little caveat that it's either United or Barca in the semis. Yeah. And we have to make sure that we don't talk ourselves into the semis without playing the game, Joe. Definitely. Uh, you, you can't overlook Porto. They, they will have a point to prove. And, and the, there won't be a 5-0. I, I really don't think the, the Porto will allow that to happen. But you've got to be confident, haven't you? And you 
Liverpool, you couldn't have handpicked a better draw. I wanted Ajax just because I don't want to play the same team again. Yeah, trip to Amsterdam. Quite, yeah, trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> the whole, you know, Ajax is such a great football club that I'd like to have seen Liverpool play Ajax. But Porto is probably the best draw on paper it could have been. Um, and that semi-final, just, I, I don't want anything to do with Man United in the semi-finals. I don't care, Barcelona might be the best team in the competition, but... I'd rather play them in the semi-finals. You'd rather play Barca? Oh, oh, absolutely. Too all right, all over right. that. Yeah, I don't, I don't be bad not to do And I'd be very surprised if, if, very surprised if United can get past them. Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, much. getting past PSG is a much, much easier opponent than getting past Barcelona at the camp now. Yeah, mm. Absolutely. And it would be a mouth-watering tie, wouldn't it, if Liverpool get through and Barca get through to that mm. semi to be playing against Casino and Suarez. It'd be an interesting oh. one, wouldn't it? Do you know what? I, I want to see Messi, I think... Well, of course. I, I, I just, I saw him when he was, I think he was 19 when Liverpool played in 2007. Um, I, I just think that Liverpool fans deserve to see this player, Messi special player, mm. before he retires. And, and I really hope that that tie happens because... That's that, what, be it's great, what yeah, being it's, a football fan's about, yeah. isn't it? You want to see the world's best. Absolutely. Uh, and, we're, and we're spoilt at the moment with Liverpool that we have football. worldies, but yeah. to see him there and the hat-trick, that he, his recent oh, hat-trick. It's just, no, it's absolutely... Just, if you're listening out there and you haven't seen it, just do yourself a favour, YouTube it and just type in his latest hat-trick. It is just... The first free kick, I mean, there's no backlift. I don't understand. It's, it's like wizardry, it's isn't it? It's a standing whip, isn't it? It's wizardry, yeah. it's just... And then he nearly scores another free kick that the goalie manages <laughs> to get his hands to. The lob for the third oh, goal is just, it's filthy. just out, it is filthy. Yeah. And I, there's not more exciting than seeing a goal thwack off the bar and in it just, it's better than it and clean netting yeah, it if yeah. it just smashes that bar. It is an absolute thing of wonder to see Messi and to see Messi at Anfield. Um, if we get through, as I say, I don't want to talk us yeah. into, a, into a game we haven't played yet, but you'd like to think that uh, we have too much for Porto. I'd like to think that Barca have got too much for United. United on two um, two defeats back to back this is where all the press will come out and go Ollie's got to go <laughs> it is a ridiculous situation but that's world football isn't it and you will be looking at uh, it's how he handles it now isn't it and not that well, I even talk about that but it's how he handles the two defeats back to back alright so uh, Porto is our, is our next move let's talk about the Fulham game then because it's one of those situations watching that Fulham game and I think I put on Twitter when it was when it was 1-0 for us and th- th- this this is going to shoot us in the foot this this isn't going to because it's almost like Liverpool went back to that time they used to do, Connor, when they would drop their performance to suit the team they were playing, which Not is why we were winning. Because they weren't going for the kill. The passing, which I find isn't, it isn't the first time this season I've found Liverpool's passing to be slow. I mean, slow in, in actual pass to pass, slow speed. Uh, it's happened a few times this season. Leicester was a poor one, but they were sort of saying it was, you know, the, 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 the surface on the pitch wasn't too clever. Fulham, we were poor. It was a poor performance and you could see what was going to happen. And it, and yet we took the lead and you think you're going to move on. But what happens, Joe? What do you think happens in the mindset? Was it was it, was it it a bit of fatigue off the back of the European game? Yeah, I think you can't overlook that. It was a massive week in the, to come back from Bayern and, and play in that game. There's obviously going to be a bit of a come down. But I think sometimes when you play an opponent and they almost drag you down to yeah. their level and it felt like the four were in a decent position, took the lead, playing some good stuff and then it just had that feeling where it was getting worse and worse and the passes were getting more and more sloppy. The game was getting slower. And then I think Fulham had a, a little chance, didn't they, just before they scored. And you could see them go, you know what, this game isn't over. We've got a chance here. And it just, you felt something turn. Um, but the, the great thing is that Liverpool then still found a way to win. And, and that 
is the market champions, isn't it? How many times did we watch United in the nineties yes. and the early yeah. noughties? Pull it off the bag in the play, 95th. play poorly, you think, yeah, Fulham or whoever it would be would equalise or, or even go ahead, and you'd think, yeah, and then United would score a couple of what looked like jammy goals and yeah. they'd win the game. So, you know, it, it's a sign of a good team. But I was convinced. I think, um, I think one of the lads from the Anfield rap tweet is going to be one-one. This and I felt I, when he when I seen his tweet, I just thought. I'm having the exact same feeling. Well, about you do. It. I mean, I've yeah. had that feeling. I've had that feeling and been born born out to be to be right mm. on many occasions Maybe. because you just feel you feel that's the, the way they go and you know that it's going to happen. I mean, as it happened, I mean, you know, Milner can joke about it now, but when he come on, he said, "Keep things calm at the back. Or keep things calm. Just calm <laughs> yeah. things down." And then he slices that. Uh, it was interesting, Virgil Van Dijk getting interviewed after the match because it was oh, it, these guys are coming up to him probably one by one, just going, "Wow, you make a mistake." You know, you know, it was you know, it was it was. It was one of the ones where he, he sort of misdirected it headwise. Well, it wasn't that. It was the pace wasn't where he wanted it to be. Alison, no, I thought, could have come up with his arms and on his feet. as well. It's just... Yeah. You could see Van Dijk calling to him again. But it was that weird thing where Alison wanted to go feet first, didn't he, again, instead of instead of using his hands. But anyway, whatever. Uh, I was just concerned that, um, um, that we were going to... F- go 2-1 down in the end because when you get that momentum yeah. um, you know Babel scored I mean uh, typically I was saying before and Babel's 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 doing for Fulham what he did for Liverpool nothing and then he goes goes into that I was just concerned that he was going to slide along the floor and his head it was going to light um, but it, <laughs> he's got to sort that haircut out and he what, what's that about uh, but we like I say it's a messy win but 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 a, a win is a win Tottenham up next as well of course we've got and then Southampton is, am I right am I right in thinking that we play a game before City again yeah, the Southampton games on the Friday night. So there's a possibility that we Tottenham's next, isn't it? Um, so City play on the Saturday, then we play Tottenham on the Sunday, don't we? Yeah, um, and, and then, then we play. Southampton. Yeah, and then we play on the in Friday. Fact, do they? The, and then they play their game in hand on the Tuesday or the Wednesday night, don't they? Because they against play April six now. Now against Cardiff. Is that the game in hand? Well, it yeah, because it, it got moved out. forward. Didn't oh, okay, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they will catch up with Liverpool that week, and then Liverpool go first again against Southampton. Because um, they play on the Friday night. Yeah. It is nip and it is tuck, isn't it? I mean, we've got so our next our next games are Tottenham at home, Southampton away, Porto at home, Chelsea at home. Big. They're all doesn't big. Get, Andy. Doesn't get much bigger, does the, it? The, there ain't no small games this end of the season. It, uh, like I've said before, though, great, great that we're in the mix, isn't it? Absolutely. It's interesting, though, the way we talk about the buying game and the way we talk about the Fulham and the Burnley game. We have to get over them and we go out of buying and we're just so confident in the Champions League. It's absolutely crazy. And obviously mm. that comes from the past wins we've had in the Champions League and the affinity we all have with the Champions League and the love we have for it and the way we play football in it. But we just need to take a little bit of that into the Premier League, I think, as fans, as players, everybody really, just because the difference in the performances is is pretty stark and it's a little... Uh, you don't really understand because it's the same team, the same players and obviously as we've mentioned the mental and physical hangover from Bayern would be a, an issue. But you'd think, you know, going and winning 3-1 at Bayern Munich, at the Allianz, where Klopp knows it's so difficult to win, you go to Fulham confident surely of being able to blow them away as well and we just, as you said, just seem to stand off I a little bit. I think it's complacency. I think a little bit Jack Connor was down to the fact that yeah, this, this is Fulham the bottom this. of the league yeah. and before you know it, you're down and, or we were never down but before you know it, they've equalised because, you, you know, you have to take every game. I think the one good thing I like about Klopp is that he's He's a manager more than most where if he can get you by the scuff of the neck at half time and he can shake things about a little mm. bit and, and, and I think I think he managed to do that. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. 
of course, we've got the Ox, uh, Oxlade Chamberlain uh, on his way back, Gomez on his way back. Trent's out with a back injury. Yeah, I don't know how serious that is. He, he, he went over the England camp. He had he? it before the England camp, yeah. didn't he? And it doesn't look it like he's going to miss he? any England games, is what's come, the news coming from Liverpool. So. He's not going to miss any England no, games. No, he shouldn't do. No, he shouldn't miss any Liverpool games. Liverpool games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's about time we had that kind of attitude, isn't it? If we can try and get our players back, it's the amount of players we've lost well, that's over it. the years to international. At least they're all coming, well, touch wood, they all seem to be getting fit at the same time now and Liverpool are going to need them, aren't they? So, you know what, there could be a nice little moment for Oxlade Chamberlain or Gomez or any of these players, even even the likes of Cater could have a moment before the end of the season and, you know, if Liverpool have got a full, fully fit squad to choose from. I think I, I think one of the reasons why the likes of Fulham happens is, I just think it's pressure. It is pressure yeah. and, you know, we can't deny it. We're all desperate to see Liverpool win the league. Uh, for someone, you know, I, I'm 30, Connor, you, you're younger. We've not, not seen... Let's not, not talk seen, about What are you going to be ages to fuck? <laughs> We've not seen Liverpool win the league, though, have we? So for us, it, it feels like... I don't even know how I feel. It's, um, <laughs> my head is all over the place with yeah. it, to be honest. You look at it and you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, oh my God. It's just like yeah. that whole up and down all the time. And the thing is about it is, because I can remember, thanks very much, I can remember <laughs> us winning the league no, last time. But, what but, are you, six, six, 60, double that. <laughs> uh, step outside, young man. Um, <laughs> I can remember it, but the, the different thing is that, that we were never really up against a juggernaut like City. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, makes it, that makes it that little bit more um, nerve-wracking in a sense there. You could, you know, you could, you could say that you wouldn't be called insane if you said that City wouldn't go the entire uh, run in without getting beat. We're gonna hope and hope and pray against that, against that happening. But um, this is the problem. Whereas back in back, well, back in back in the history of football before City came along, this City, yeah, there was always a game that was yeah. a draw or a yeah. loss, or it was pick along the way. The good thing about it is Liverpool looking imperious as well now. I think I think we're looking really really strong. Um, and it's just about it's funny isn't it I'm talking about us being lax and we're not moaning about them being lax we're moaning about them being tense so we've got to give them a break somewhere yeah, along the line yeah. haven't we yeah. uh, you like, but but they've got to bring it in the games to come they've got to I mean uh, you'd like to think that against Tottenham and against Chelsea and against Porto they're going to have a, a much more professional attitude and think right we've got to get stuck in here oh they will and I think the, the magnitude of the games will get that out of them you know Tottenham will come to Anfield looking to win they, they don't come to, to Anfield looking to draw do they so that you, you would expect a better Liverpool performance because of that. Porto will come. The, you know they're, they're obviously going to be careful, but they're not going to sit back because European teams don't tend to sit. No, in, they don't. Do they? That, I think that's what suits Liverpool yeah, a lot. It's a knockout as well, isn't yeah. it? So, so they, they, you can't. You know, a point. They don't. You're not playing for points, are you? So, it, it's it's interesting, and I just think those types of games will bring the best out of Liverpool. I always think that Liverpool don't play as well against the smaller teams away from home because they just make it into a scrappy. Tense battle, so um, yeah. So I'm more I'm more concerned about that Southampton game on a Friday night. Yeah, they're scrapping, fighting for their lives. Yeah. Seems to have picked up a bit since, and they have a bit of ability to them, don't they? Yeah, and and I just think that that's one of the ones I'm looking at, thinking that'll be a tricky one. If they can get through that with a win, that'll be a, that'll, be, that'll a big, be a big one. And then of course it's which Chelsea turns up, and if Chelsea, if Sarri's still going to be a charge of them, because oh really? They haven't sacked him by the well, time. Well, so they do Because you've got that whole let's put it on for a new manager. Oh, honestly, scenario, haven't you? You just know I've, I've had it in my head for absolutely ages that Chelsea's going to come to Anfield. They've sacked Sarri about a week before, and will be outrageous, and we have to put so some performance to put it past them. But you know, fingers crossed, he's still in place, and they're still just not bothered about playing yeah, for him. Yeah, Feels just, like yeah. that happens to Liverpool a lot, doesn't yeah, it? Even, it does, even yeah. like yeah. Fulham, you sort of there's only what that Parker's second game. Like, I remember Chelsea when they beat us in the Champions League, 2008, was it? When they, they sacked 
um, Scolari, yeah. he didn't come in. He didn't was great. I, I'm living in fear of that. I just Niger hope that Sarri well. is still just, there. Just because of it being of obviously our, our, our very very recent history with Chelsea games towards the tail yeah. end of the season Indeed. that yeah. we've got that we've got you know in a contest for. You know, I, I I just I always have to counterbalance that with the fact that this is a different Liverpool. It's yeah. a different side. It's it's a more structured side. It's a more deadly side up front, and I think it's a lot more all, solid at the back as well. Much yeah. more solid at the back. It's I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. It's the midfield issue, isn't it? That that is a real catch twenty two for for Jurgen Klopp because you mentioned it before. He's got he's got Chikiri on the bench. He's got Naby Keita on the bench, and then he and but then he will default setting. He will always go to Hendo, uh, Milner, and and uh, and. Genie won't eat in that centre, but he's got Fabinho now. But he will always, I think, he trusts that midfield. He trusts he? that midfield, mm-hmm. but but again, with that comes, a, I think, a lack of a lack of forward movement, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I th- I th- I, look, I, I think they are a good midfield if you if you want to fight and scrap and, and win second balls. But I think if you want to grab the game by a scruff and neck, and, and I'm sort of look, I, I I prefer to see Fabinho in every midfield now. He seems to be. A really respect the gadget legs. Yeah, yeah. Made a mark, they, they, he? they seem to play around him now, and the way he, he moves the ball, you know, sort of makes Liverpool tick. So I like him. Wayne Adam is is always very consistent, and then it's about finding that third player to be very creative, isn't it? And it's just a shame that Cato hasn't quite done it. You sort of hold out a bit of hope for Oxlade Chamberlain, but then again, he's coming back from a long, long injury. So I, I don't think it's too much, too fair to sort of put the pressure on him. So it's about finding that. That balance, isn't it? I, th- I think yeah. somewhere along the line, sorry, Con, I think somewhere along the line, Klopp is going to have to trust Cater yeah, and play is, him yeah. into form because you're not going to play him into form sitting on the bench. You're not going to play him into form by pushing people on instead of him when he's paid £52 million for him. So I think somewhere along there, whether or not he feels it's a pre-season next year, I don't really know, but he's going to have to do something to let the guy go because because otherwise he's just going to be if it's a confidence thing he's suffering isn't he yeah well we I think we discussed before in the blood red that he looks like a confidence player totally yeah. and you know he started he played a couple of games in a row and played quite well in a couple of second halves and then played a full game really well and then just dropped back to the bench I don't know if that's a slight niggle or something like that but he just seems to have not come back into the side and I don't know if Klopp is looking at it now like there's seven games to go and if he isn't performing in every game from the off then can't really afford to play him and maybe next year is the time to bring him in I think Wijnaldum's quite an interesting prospect for where he plays for Holland seems to be where he played against Bournemouth when he scored that lob goal plays a little bit further forward yeah. and he scores for Holland scores, scores every for fun, single game yeah. and you've got to wonder if he might be with a Henderson and Fabinho in the two and Wijnaldum a bit further forward if that could be an option I don't know it's an interesting one but again it falls back into that thing of Klopp is so his mindset is so much about keeping that midfield and trusted, compact and yeah. that he doesn't really want to push anyone forward. It's an interesting one, isn't it? I'll tell you somebody who's been playing himself into form recently uh, and I'm pleased to see it, Divock Origi has yeah. been coming yeah, off. He came, right. came off the yeah, bench. He's, he's, full. He's, he's starting to get that skill and that pace on the wing that he had when we first got interested in him. He, he is a strange player, isn't he, Origi? Very he streaky, does, isn't he? Yeah, he's streaky, yeah. isn't he? he? He plays him. he has three or four good games and then some stinkers. And um, yeah, I mean, he seems to have found a little. More of an impact player than, than a yeah. full, than a, than a, than a, you know, a, yeah, a yeah. first whistle player. He, he's much. I mean, it, I think it speaks volumes about Liverpool need to improve again on the bench, don't they, next season? But uh, you know, he, he does come on, and he's he's found a little niche on the left hand side there, and uh, yeah, fair play to him. I, I think he's had a decent little impact, and again, he might be one of those players that can just have a moment towards the end of the season and dig Liverpool out when they need him. Yeah, I think fair play to his attitude as well. To be honest, because. 
you know, someone like that you could, with a street player, you could look at him and think your head would just go down and just not yeah, be bothered. Yeah. But I thought he was really diligent against Fulham. I thought he played really well, actually. And he's played in, what, the last eight of ten games yeah, he appeared yeah. in. So, mm. yeah, it's like, you know, I think it shows Klopp's trust in him a little bit more and, you know, using him when maybe all three of the front three aren't firing quite as much as he'd like. Yeah, so. a bit of a dimension because he comes exactly. in off the wing, turns, cuts in onto his right foot there. He, 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 seems, to be, he seems to be playing himself at the form, yeah. which is decent. You're talking about that, we're talking about the bench and talking about strength. And obviously... As the season goes on, the, the transfer rumours come flying around everywhere. The recent, the most recent ones have been um, Hudson Odoi, and more importantly, when you if you're talking about grabbing headlines, um, Diabala and and Delita, we've mentioned. Now, obviously, we know that Delita alongside he's always he's talked about it as well, and obviously Van Dijk is a, is a friend of his and a bit of a mentor of his. You know, Fabinho came. It's it's been it's been. Um, been divulged recently that Fabinho came because uh, Firmino really recommended the club to him. So I think when you've got an inside man there, it always helps things. But let's just, whatever knowledge you've got of any of the transfers, are these more rumours? Is Liverpool likely to go back to, their foray into buying big players, I think we're all hoping for something that would then change the culture of the club. Is it more likely they're going to drop back now and say, well, we've paid them big players? Because 75 mil for Van Dijk, but what's he worth now? So surely... When you look at Diabala and you look at Delete, they're 100 million euro plus players. Are Liverpool likely to pay that kind of money, Joe? I don't think so. Um, Gorsty, big tall Paul Gorst, did the story yesterday. Liverpool aren't in the market for for a Diabala or a Delete. They're, they're very, very expensive. They, they'd cost 100 odd million. And I well, think if we I, don't get them, City or United well, or Chelsea will. That is the worry. But I think I think Klopp looks at it and thinks, well, if you buy, say, Delete. You're going to pay 60, 70 million. And he'll look at Joe Gomez and say, well, I've got a young player there that am I going to stop his pathway? Um, you know, I think they will buy a centre-half, but it will be someone who makes a bit more sense who perhaps will, will play on the bench a little bit more. And then um, Dybala, I think I think he's just one of those mad names that gets mentioned. But again, do you pay £100 million pound for, for a player who, where does he get in? Where does he get in the, the team? And I... I think that's the way they look at it. I think they'll spend money in the summer. They they always do. But I think Klopp had a couple of big problem positions, didn't he, last year in the sense that he needed a centre-half, he needed a, a goalkeeper. And Liverpool went out, out and got the very best available. But I don't think you look at the team now and think there's any big position that they desperately need to fill where they need to spend big, big money. Even the midfield, you know, we, we talk about the midfield, but I think... I think Klopp will be looking at it thinking, I've got the personnel. He wanted Cater. They pay big money for Cater. And I think he's not going to just write him off after one no, season. No, he can't do that. Can um, so, you know, I think it'll be about being clever. I think it'll be about, about signing players, not just for now, but for the future. And about using a couple of the young players as well. So, yeah, I don't think anyone should be holding their breath for um, a big, big name like that. Oh. Sorry. Absolutely <laughs> ruined my day now, John. Hudson Adoy is a weird one. I, I have to say... About Hudson Adoy, there seems to be a lot of talk about him. I haven't really seen him play much, and I don't really understand. He hasn't really played much. Yeah, he hasn't exactly. played much, but so I have to say, the times from? I have played him, I've seen him play. He's, he's been impressive. Going yeah, down the wing, he's a bit of a Zaha, but he's got that kind Just of a bit of pace, great a bit feet, trickery, yeah. and great feet. Yeah, he's uh, he's an interesting one. Um, but when I ever, when the thing is, when I see when I see Diabala delete and and um, Hudson Adoy in the same breath, there's only one of them. I think we'd 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 be going for, and that's. And that's Hudson Odoi because he's going to be more affordable, and, and I think that's. I don't listen. I don't want to be advocating we spend billions of pounds on players, 
But what I'm saying is that Liverpool's culture took many years to change yeah. in a sense that it was always going to be three players of 20 million each rather than one for 60. They did that. They've done it now. And it's it's closed the 25-point gap. It's made us an also, from an also-ran to a front-runner. You could argue those two players have made that much of a difference to this club. So why not look at other players? I think you're right. Of course, we've got to give, uh, you know, and Naby Keita was the, was the player he bought for that role to, to, to bridge the midfield and the, and the front three. He isn't quite doing it yet. So does it make sense to you then, Connor, that we don't just go running out and trying to grab it? Because it's people are saying it's the Coutinho you're missing, but they, it, it's not as black and white as that, is it? Yeah, no, I think it absolutely makes sense. I think Joe elocuted that perfectly, to be honest. Um, in terms of Keita, I think he is the sticking point, isn't he? Because you've paid 50 million for him and that is a player that you essentially brought in to perform this season. We know and we've obviously talked about the fact it hasn't quite happened, but I think, you know, Klopp will look at him in training. Klopp will look at him in the preseason, and I think he'll try and get the best out of him. Obviously, we've seen bits of what he can do this year. We've first game against West Ham, he beat a few players, looked really good, really excited, and then obviously dropped off. And he's had a, a couple of good games. And I think if you can keep that sort of form up, he's exactly the sort of player Liverpool are looking for. And clearly, he's got the ability because we've seen it. So he just needs to produce it a little bit more. And I think you know, in terms of the transfer market, I don't even know if Hudson Odoi will be on Liverpool's radar because of the fact we've got people like Cater in in the ranks already. It is difficult, isn't it? Because where do you, like you say... We, where do you buy? Where do you buy? And also, what position are you going to try and fill? Because, yeah. because you know, there's, you're having these stupid um, comments getting made at the moment I'm hearing from, from different quarters saying, Salah needs to be dropped. Well, Salah takes two defenders with him just because he's Salah. Mm. So you could argue that the, the chances that Manny's getting is because they're switching players. It's over. a difference this year, yeah. isn't it? That Salah yeah. is marked out of the game way more he's than he's been. He's marked out the game a lot. He's taken one touch too far because mm. he's getting frustrated himself. But he's still worth being on that yeah, pitch. Yeah, you absolutely. put Salah on him. I remember last season when, when, when we, I think it was against Swansea, it was a couple of times we played, we took Salah off and we went to pieces. Yeah. Because yeah. suddenly that team went, oh, get in. You know, we can drop another player forward now. We can make, move. For the, so he's worth his weight in gold, even if... And his oh. assist to Blaine's... The outside of the boot he's, for Manny's goal. He's a classy, classy player. And, and even in, you know, you can count the number of stinkers he's had this season on one hand, can't you? He, he has the odd game where he's very poor, but even the ones, you know, Klopp said himself that he was the best player on the pitch against Watford and he didn't score. He, he still runs teams ragged. You know, I, I don't... I'm not convinced that this... this fall from grace for Salah that some people seem to make out is it's ridiculous. I think if you if you ask any Liverpool fan who's watching him every single week they'll tell you that he's still he's still very good he's just had he had such an exceptional season last season yeah. that he was never going to repeat that was he let's face it there's players, only literally two players in the world that yeah, do that, do that isn't that, it yeah. so, so yeah. I don't think there's any shame in him having a drop off if he gets the 20 odd goals this season it's it's still another good good season for him you know Firmino's had a bit of a drop off but yeah. it, it, we're not sort of analysing him are we to the, to, the, to the nth degree like we do with Salah I think when you go back to what players they'll buy I think you look through the positions that they need they need left back don't they because Moreno's leaving but you're not going to spend big because you've got Andy Robertson there so you're, you're more likely to buy a player that you're going to try and get through the ranks yeah, yeah. That, that, will, that will fill in that will be happy playing playing a bit part role at times then a forward same probably applies, doesn't it? You know, I think Werner's been mentioned. I think he's someone Liverpool looked at. But yeah, how do you go to Werner to price, and say yeah. you're not yeah. going to play that much? But this is the pro. This is we we've discussed this before, but it's worth pointing out again that you, you're offering you're essentially offering someone a bench, aren't you? 
because you're saying, well, you, you, your job is to try and oust one of those three. Yeah. And boy, you're going to have to be some player to oust. The only, the only other uh, caveat to it is, is whether or not one of the front three wants to leave at some point. They've all signed long-term contracts. They all seem quite happy. Mm-hmm. Sadio Mane seems really happy now because I felt like he, he, his nose was put out of joints a bit last year because he what because Salah was getting all the plays, winning African Player of the Year and doing all the kind of things. Whereas I think Mane's really gone. You know what? I want a slice of this. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it. He's, up, yeah. he, he's doing it. He's really stepped up to the plate, so maybe he's happier there. So if you've got three from players who are happy and of that quality, who's going to come and go, oh, all right, I'll buy me time? I wonder whether they'll still buy a creative midfielder. Obviously, they, they wanted Fakir last year. They were willing to spend big. I mean, think about how much they did spend last year. They'd have spent, they almost spent an extra 40, 50 million on top of it. Fakir, so but that's two, which was long, which was after they bought, after they bought Kate, wasn't it? it was yeah, after yeah, after yeah. So, so I wonder whether he'll still look for a creative midfielder. Obviously, he brought Shakiri in, and for th- one reason or another, he's just not used him recently. So, I wonder whether he'll look for someone at an even higher level. But I mean, let's face it, Coutinho could be available. I, I don't see a situation where Liverpool go back for him, but I'd have him in an absolute heartbeat. No. Yeah, you've got, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you know, if you believe in what the press is saying, uh, that, that, that he's calling out to Man United to come and get him, um, whatever, regardless, that doesn't really matter. But you'd have to say that if Liverpool wants him, they're going to be paying over £100 million for him, aren't they? That's, and that's the thing, and that's why that's where it's they, gonna they won't buy him, because can you imagine them paying that much, paying his wages? But um, And that's the difference, yeah. isn't it? You don't, Obviously, you don't want to speak about United loads, but I think, you know, they've got the ability to break the wage structure. They've got the ability yeah. to pay absolutely through the nose for players yeah. time after time. Obviously, it's a little bit frustrating, but I think you're always going to prefer to be a club like Liverpool. But if yeah. you look at it, th- uh, there's a thing about Liverpool's commercial income today and 150, it's £150 yeah. United's is 270 something like that. It's it's mad. They, they are on a higher plane again. Well, they're they, the second most profitable club yeah. in the world, aren't they? Bounce between exactly. them and Real Madrid, don't they? Every other exactly, and, and they and they have a lot of positions to fill, don't they? As well, Liverpool are much happier with their team than United are. So it's for Liverpool. And then there's no guarantee that a player going to somewhere like United is going to play anyway. Like mm, yeah, they're going exactly. to play. I mean, you know, you only have to look at Sanchez to know that, don't you? Yeah. There's no guarantee that going there is going to carry on their form because they. That's what happens when you buy players because you want to play Monopoly rather than you want to fit them into a structure yeah. of, 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 a, of a decent football team. Similarly to Tabala as well, you know, he's not actually ever played in the Premier League. You don't really know exactly how he's going to turn up and play. It's always that sort of worry. I think when you buy Van Dijk, he's plays so well in the Premier League plays so well in Scotland it's not really that much of a difference and you go and play out in Italy it's a totally different ball yeah. game so. it's a lot slower isn't it and yeah. you see so many these great Italian strikers and they don't quite do it in England Crespo Shevchenko I always remember them two coming and being convinced oh, that they going to be the like, best thing ever yeah, yeah and, they, and they didn't quite do it so. yeah I think the second tackle in they go oh well oh, this is, yeah. a, is this yeah. a contact sport over here <laughs> <laughs> non-contact where I've come from it's just a lot different isn't it so I don't know I think Dybal is just one of them that gets mentioned by some random website and then let's face it, it snowballs, you know, <laughs> we get involved and, <laughs> and, and things just snowball. So it, it does happen. But yeah, I think I can understand why the has been linked. I'm pretty sure Liverpool, like every other club will have, will have watched him, but they do have Joe Gomez there. He was very, well, very who, good. Before his injury was, we were extolling the virtues. In fact, he was player that he was, he was, he was man of the match for most yeah, of the yeah, games. He, indeed, he, got yeah. injured. he was an absolute yeah, yeah. form of his life, wasn't he? And don't get me wrong, I do think the centre-halves are all too injury-prone, but Gomez's recent injuries, it's a leg break, isn't it? Yeah. He can't... It's, it's not can't like, help it, about that. Yeah, yeah. It exactly. wasn't a tweak, was it? Let's no. face it, it was a leg no. break. Uh, and of course, we are forgetting, as we do, we're talking about creative midfielders, and we've mentioned them earlier on, but we are forgetting that we're not too far away from having Oxley chamberlain back, who was on fire as a creative midfield player when he played uh, just before his injury, in the months leading up to his injury. So, you know, that 
it's the old adage in it could be like a new signing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm obviously so excited as every Liverpool fan is for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to come back into the fold. I think obviously expectations have tried to be tempered so much by just about everyone. You know, he's been out such a long time, but you know, when he played in that under 23s game for the first 40 minutes, I was on the live blog and I was doing the updates and he's still got such a good ping on him. He picked up a few amazing passes and obviously he came off and wasn't He came off with a hamstring hard. tweak though, wasn't yeah. it? Not to do with his injury, so was it? Just for being just out for so long and back in the game. Because everyone I think who saw him come off after 40 odd minutes thought that's a breakdown of his thing but it yeah. wasn't. It was a different injury yeah, on it. it exactly. Just a, just a muscle but, tweak. Yeah, I did just look at him and think yeah, you've definitely obviously still got a bit and still come in and play and Clearly, talent just doesn't go away because you've had an injury. So no. the excitement is. He's got a great yeah. touch. I mean, you've got his his biggest hurdle. I think is going to be mentally, isn't it? It's yeah. like we yeah. said about Salah, and I think Salah still had the hangover of that shoulder injury a good few months into into this into this season. I think he was still carrying the feeling of he's going to get, and it's mm. getting that mentally. You know, it was a bad injury, um, and it's whether because he's a quite combative kind of player anyway, and it? it's yeah. whether or not he gets that as quickly as possible. But then we don't see what he's doing in training. And no, I think exactly. and I think Klopp is so training orientated, isn't he? Yeah, he, he does a lot in training. Yeah, yeah he seems like a, a really positive attitude sort of guy, doesn't he? Oxlade Chamberlain. Whereas Salah sometimes to me looks a little bit emotional. Looks like he does let the occasion of certain things get to him, um, and you can tell like his recent form and that this gold drought or mini gold drought as it is is getting to him. You can tell it is because he, he's trying. Well, he's frustrated. Yeah, isn't he? he's, yeah, and he's trying very hard to score. But yeah, Oxlade Chamberlain. I think we just got to give him some time. We've got to we, we've got to be careful not to place too much pressure on him if he can just get involved in a couple of games between now and the end of the season then get, get a Premier League winners medal well that would be nice wouldn't it it would be nice for him to just play a part wouldn't yeah it? of course and, um, he, he is such a great character and the players seem to love him I, I think I'm a huge fan of him I think he's a very good player I can't wait to see him yeah and onwards and upwards well of course Tottenham next Sunday uh, 4.30 kickoff is it I think so yeah all right, thanks very much, guys. That's it. Just about the forty-five up. We let's do a nice little neat and tidy forty-five, don't we? You, you, you're perfect. What are, what are we on? I'll tell you what we're on right now. Look, forty-four, fifty-eight. And stop. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, thanks very much. We've just got over the forty-five, but that's our that's our half over. Uh, Joe, thanks very much. Enjoy the bueno. I certainly will. The buenos are back. The buenos are back. They've never been away. Yeah. Well, they have for a couple of weeks. Uh, Connor, good debut, my friend. Thank you very much. You know, he's got it all, hasn't he, really? yeah. He's the front page cover of the Striker magazine. He's he? like the Echoes Delit. He's like, he's yeah. like the Echoes. He's delitful. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Connor, thanks very much. Uh, Joe, thanks very much. We'll see you all again soon. Or we'll speak to you all again soon. Anyway, good luck on Sunday to the Reds. This has been Poultry Emotion with me, Neil Fitz. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.